What is up, Combo Nation? We are here. Are we loud? How's the levels? We sound a little loud. Okay, we're good. Today's show is a recording from the NBA Report with CP the Franchise, Alex, and yours truly, Andrew Combo Salop. Go subscribe to the NBA Report on YouTube. On today's show, we discuss the Draymond Green Punch. Luca Magic and more. Just a fantastic conversation with CP the franchise and Alex of Knicks Fan TV. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to Prize Picks and use code COMBO for a first deposit match up to $100. It's also a great way to support Combo's court. So that's right. Go to Prize Picks and use code Combo for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Let's get into it. All right, here we go. Salute to NBA Nation on this Wednesday afternoon. Another edition of the NBA Report presented by Prize Picks. Go to PrizePicks.com. Use promo code MBAR for an instant deposit match up to $100. CP the franchise, Alex Charles, Andrew Salop in the building on his weekly spot. On today's episode, man, Draymond Green unhinged. What will the fallout be, man? Will the NBA drop the hammer on, on Draymond Green? Yet Nikola Jokic get ejected again from uh, his game against the Chicago Bulls, plus a little Luka Magic in Dallas Mavericks, beating the Lakers Mavericks looking good, man. Plus our prize picks for Wednesday night. So we got a packed show. Hit the like button, hit the share button, and subscribe to the channel. Number one show for the fans by the fans. All right, fellas, let's let's get right into it, man. Draymond Green, <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving in, in terms of uh, things to talk about around the NBA. My man just, just got off of a suspension after putting... Uh, uh, Rudy Gobert in the Million Dollar Dream for you wrestling fans out there. Put him in the Cobra Clutch. Just came back. And last night, you have the Golden State Warriors visiting the Phoenix Suns. Bradley Beal coming back. Side story on that. And in this action, just a little physicality from the from Yusuf Nurkic. <laughs> Draymond Green hooks off on him on a, on a crazy spinning back fist. That would make John Jones and, and everybody in the UFC pretty happy. Draymond Green sends Nurkic to fly into the floor. He gets ejected from this one. And another weird, bizarre chapter in, in Draymond Green's history, man. Uh, I, you know, Andrew, start start this off, man. What, what did you make of this when you saw it? And, and you know, what do you what do you think, man? I mean, you mentioned the wrestling fans. He went from Ted DiBiase to the Texas Tornado. Yeah, My man went Kerry Von Erich. I mean, Kerry Von Erich was a little bit before my time, but that's what it looked like to me. That was crazy. Like, I don't know what's going through this guy's head, but this franchise is teetering between maybe even going towards a rebuild or trying to maximize the Clay Thompson, Steph Curry era. Yeah. And when Draymond does things like this, you know, we see more of the younger players playing. I think that's just going to push the franchise to want to go in the young direction. And we talked about this before. They might be better right now playing the young players. So you might not only be maximizing the future, you might be getting better right now the way Wiggins is playing. Clay's not playing that great. I mean, Draymond is not helping this situation at all. Nah, God man. Awful, man. It's just God awful, man. I mean, 
this you 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 re-upped on the big three. You got Chris Paul this offseason, and you're looking to be trying to push your chips in, right? One more run to be a title contending team. And now you have Draymond, as you mentioned, you 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 choke, uh you, you put uh, you put what is it, a Rudy Gobert in a chokehold, and then now you're going after Nurkic. And and his response to why he hit Nurkic is even more comical. But if you're the Warriors, you got to be wondering, this is supposed to be a leader, man. This is supposed to be one of your leaders in the locker room. And considering you got Jordan Poole, who you had to trade, who was a valuable piece, and you saw the tension last season. Now you got Draymond Green, not only not attacking his own players, but attacking opposing players on the court. And it's just, at this point, how is that even leadership for the Warriors when you have young players that are supposed to look up to these guys and take them seriously after winning four championships together? So if I'm the Warriors... I'm with Andrew. Like, you got to think, like, how am I moving forward with these young guys instead of just dealing with Draymond Green? And if you're Steph Curry, like, come on, man. Like, you have one of the top five best players on that team. How are you going to go out like this if you're Draymond Green with Steph Curry on the team? Like, don't you want to compete to, you know, help his legacy and, and every, everything? Like, he's helped yours. You should at least be considering his as well. This is where it's just – and I like Draymond, Draymond Green as a player, but when you start yeah. doing these theatrics – it's where you can't even back him anymore. And you're like, now you're just, now it's just a clown show. It was, it was dirty. It was another dirty play by Draymond Green. All of, all of his, his theatrics and antics is dirty. I don't care what anybody wants to say from the Steven Adams kick to the nuts back in the day. He caught LeBron in the nuts when, when they, when they met in the finals that got him the original suspension. And everybody wants to say that was an asterisk on the Cavs. No, that was just a dumbass play by Draymond Green that cost his team way back when now, yeah, they got the four championships and he was every bit a part of it. But the, I, I said it the last time we talked about this guy with the, with the Gobert situation, there's going to come a point in time when the juice just is not worth the squeeze and they just signed this guy to a four-year 25 million dollar deal no wonder bob myers dipped off right shout out to charles for calling out bob myers said great job jumping off the titanic before it sank because you know we're gonna get to what the future holds but for right now this is all part of death of the dynasty man they're old they've got no leadership they got no size no athleticism no energy and he's unhinged he has no self-control. We've seen it time and time again. What more do you want to see than this guy's just a dirty player? And like, look, I like a physical game. I like when the game uh, get, gets, you know, when the referees stay out of the game and let the players handle it. But certain things, bro, it, it's it, it just becomes r ridiculous. And, and for him, it, it's becoming a circus act for a Warriors team that can't win. <laughs> that can't win. I mean, they were winning in this game when this happened and they lose him who's still an important part of their offense but if you're not going to be there for your team you just came off a five-game suspension now you're hurting the team and now the negatives are far outweighing the positives of you being on that team Let, let's hear from Draymond Green this was Draymond Green after the game uh about his explanation and, and we'll react to it on the other side but let, let's uh let, let's go to Draymond Green uh, he was pulling my hip and I was Swinging away to sell the car, made contact with him. Um, as you know, I'm not one to apologize for things I meant to do, but I do apologize to you, sir, um, because I didn't intend to hit him. Uh, I sell cars with my arms. I don't fall or to sell a car. I don't, I'm not a flopper. So I was just selling the car because he was grabbing me and pulling my hip back. So I spun away and. Unfortunately, I hit him. And so, like I said, I apologize to you, Seth. Um, 
because I didn't intend to hit him. <laughs> so, so you know, the, the, you got to like it with, with Draymond Green. Every other incident was just an accident, so I didn't apologize for, for those, right? But this one, all right, y'all got me. I apologize to Nurkic. My bad. Nah, look, this, this was just great PR by the Warriors. They're trying to get out in front of it because they know that the league might drop the hammer on this guy, especially after they just gave him five games for the Gobert incident in which they noted prior incidents as the reason why they gave him the five games. So he's trying to get out, get out in front of it, cover his ass. The team is probably tired of it. Kerr's tired of talking about it, but now all of a sudden it's like, Oh, well now this one, I admit I did. I did him dirty. No, bro. You're just a dirty player with no control, <laughs> man. He's, he's, he's hysterical, man. I can't make it up, bro. Mr. New media with the cleanup, you know, yeah. Mr. New media. There he goes. It's crazy, bro. He's ridiculous, man. Like at the end of the day, we could go through the laundry list of things he's done in the past. Yeah. And this just continues. And this is the worst time with Wiggins playing bad, with Clay playing bad. You're trying to maximize Steph's future. I mean, what could you do with this guy? I, I want to see what the suspension is going to look like. Because what, do you, what do you think? How many days? I mean. How many games? It was five for choking out Ru Rudy, right? And, yeah. And, but this is after that, right? So exactly. you, might have, you might have to more than double it. I don't know. You know, it's 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 funny because you know, like I I was I was doing a search on like most notable suspensions, but like you don't really get suspended that much, like that many games for a dirty play. Like if you look at the history, even fights, right? We go back to the old Knicks Heat brawls. I mean, those are like one, maybe two games. You know, di you di different era though, right? Different era, different era. Yeah, yeah, it is a different era. But you know, I I gotta think it's. It's going to be between five and 10. Okay. I think it could be 10 to max. That's just my opinion. Al, what do you think? I agree with that because they're not like, like let's look at what they did for Ja Moran, right? And Ja was, is a different scenario. Obviously you're yeah. talking about, even though he did, even though it's legal for him to carry in the state of Tennessee, right? It's the branding, the imagery, it's all the other past dealings, all the other media connections with Ja for holding a weapon and, and anyone who's, affiliated with him he got essentially a quarter of the season right i don't see that for this um but i think it is i think it will be 10 games i don't think it'll be any more anything more than that because at the end of the day like this is the business right this is the business of the nba they want their players out there they want the warriors dynasty out there it's great for promotion it's great We're for viewership ornament you know they're, they're, yeah. they're coming off a high right now vegas is popping yeah man look they're, they're, they they don't want like they they want to punish Draymond, but they also don't want to ruin the product either, right? They don't want to see yeah. like the Warriors struggle too much because then it's like, oh man, what's going to happen to all those bandwagon Warrior fans that just joined? That's that you know right. that helps with the ratership ratings. I mean, um, viewership and ratings. Uh, but I think it'll be somewhere between ten games. But at the end of the day, like even his explanation in that video, like I just don't believe it. I. How, how are you trying to sell that? What in what world are you selling? He's like, you know, grabbing my hip. So grabbing your hip, you're gonna be like, just start swinging your arm to like, oh man, grabbing, grabbing my like, hip. So I makes hooked no off sense. <laughs> so I hooked off from the right to the temple. Makes <laughs> no sense. Like, what are we talking about here? Like, if you no. just watch that, there's just no part of like. It's like he grabs a hip. It's like, wouldn't you want to fall to the side that he's grabbing the hip? Then Bro. not just like, flip yourself. I don't know, man. I'm and no you, actor, but. 
that's not selling it. <laughs> did, did you guys see this? And Gamba, I don't know if you're able to pause it, like by the punch, and, and if you have that angle of the Warriors bench, but there's a picture going around Twitter of the Warriors bench, and you see Trace Jackson Davis after the hit. He's got his hands up like this. He's like, yo, like, what are we doing? <laughs> it happened right in front of Trace Jackson Davis. As soon as it happened, he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, you, you just can't make this one up, man. You just you can't can make this up. Do you guys think there's any scenario where they could turn this season around? I know, CP, you said it's a death of a dynasty, but if you guys yeah. could put your GM cap on, like, what would you guys do from this point going forward? Mm. Well, I would say, I mean, look no further. You know, it's you don't want to get prisoner of the moment, but in most of these Warriors games that, that I saw, if you look at it, They've got to start leaning on their youth, man. That that starting lineup, it's dull. It's a wrap. Clay, I hate to call the guy finished because he's accomplished so much. I didn't like what Gilbert Arena said about him th uh, this past week about him. Um, but I think I think Father Time is it. It's catching up to him. I think Father Time is catching up to him. That starting lineup is lifeless. You saw how they ended the game last night, and they 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 were down by nine points with a minute and a half left in this game. They came back. It was Steph. It was CP3. You have Pajimski, Pajinski, who I like. I like Odds. him. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. He's tough. You had Kaminga out there, and he had Sarich. Now, the big man thing is still going to be an issue with them. They're going to have to figure that out so yeah. at some point. They got to they got to get bigger. And Looney hasn't been, and Looney hasn't been playing well, so that's another right. issue. Yeah, right. They they have to get bigger there, but they they need that youth infusion. And that's how I like with that lineup that they finished with last night. CP3 is not the problem. CP3 is getting that second unit together. He's playmaking for Kaminga. He's getting he's teaching Pazimsi. Like he's great for those young players coming off that second unit. Him and Sarge already have the chemistry going. Moody's there. Like they're going to be fine with him running that second unit. It's the starters, Clay being lackluster, Draymond not being available, Wiggins just being Wiggins, right? Just an, in, an inconsistent player. They got to get some youth infusion in there. And that's, that's what you saw what Steve Kerr did last night. He let those guys finish the game, left Clay, Wiggins, and Looney on the bench. And I think that could be a sign of things to come, man. Has to be. You, you got to move towards youth at this point. It's just like, I hate saying that Clay's done, man. But it's yeah. like seven points, two or ten shooting from the field. Like in a game where you're going against the Phoenix Suns, who would be a team that you would probably have to face in the playoffs. This is kind of giving you a glimpse of what Clay can offer. And like we just see it, he doesn't have the same explosion. Not not saying that he was the most explosive athlete, but look, man, he's just not cutting it as fast. It's just some of the shots he took last night. I was watching part of that game and it was just like he put brick like hitting a backboard. It was it, it wasn't even close to rim. I was like, wow. I was like, who is this guy? This is a guy that off movement, anywhere stationary, this guy was automatic and he's not even that anymore man and i think if you're the warriors who's built your identity off of good defense and elite three-point shooting if you're not getting the elite three-point shooting which is supposed to be both steph and clay and, and clay's not offering you that i think you got to change it up and go with the younger direction for these guys who are, who are who are showing they got some promise to them especially pots man i like the way pots is playing yeah he's tough i totally agree yeah. with you guys i mean we see all the young exciting teams in this league and the way this starting five is playing, they probably couldn't, they can't even keep up with these, like the Orlando Magics, the Indiana Pacers, the Houston Rockets. The league is so young and athletic. I think, CP, you're right on the money that the Warriors have to lean in on their youth. And we talked about this before. I think it's better for the future. And I actually think it's better for right now as well.
Yeah. I mean, they're 10 and 13 right now. They're out of the West playing. I mean, I mean, look, just, just name the teams in the West. They can't see Minnesota. The Thunder would wash them in a series. The Suns, the Suns aren't even a hundred percent yet, but I think at full strength they you could you could make the case that they still are better than the Warriors. I mean, the, the Lakers, they can't beat the Lakers. He ain't beating LeBron right now, healthy LeBron and, and them. So, like, I think they're cooked, man. I think they're absolutely cooked. Now, here was uh, Shams on his show uh, on FanDuel TV, the show that they have with, uh, I think it's called Run It Back or something like that, um, with with, uh, with Michelle Beadle and Chandler Parsons. Here was Shams on Clay Thompson and his extension talks with the Warriors, man. This is interesting from Shams. Let's run the clip. That is the thing, the state of the team right now. I, I don't. What is the prediction? What's happening? They've lost four of their last six. They've lost six of their last 10 and nine of their last 13. And last night, Andrew Wiggins, Clay Thompson, Kevon Looney, all were benched. Wiggins is averaging career lows across the board. And last night, he was benched for Jonathan Kaminga. And that that's something that I would not be surprised if we see moving forward. And Clay Thompson, two of 10 last night, one of eight from three. I think we all believe he deserves an opportunity just to see this through. And, and he should have limitless you know, opportunity to try to figure it out, get get out of this rut. But his future has been in question. We talked about yeah. on the eve of the season. They're not close on a contract extension when they were discussing one before the start of the season. Um, I'm told that the Warriors offered a deal two years in the range of $48 million in an extension to Klay Thompson before the season. And, and now there's no deal. We're into the season. He's going to play it out. They're going to play it out. And w- we saw last night, Jonathan Kaminga played a lot. Brandon... <clears throat> Pazemski played a lot. Oh, sure. Could we see? Why not? Could could this be, as as much as we all want to see the Warriors and and their vets get a chance to ride this out to the sunset? Absolutely. We're seeing two young players start to play more, and I think it's interesting. All right, so that was Shams. So Shams is saying that Clay had a two-year... $48 $48 on the table and declined. He's betting on himself. And so far, he, he, he's coming into Texas Hold'em with, with a Doyle Brunson, with, with, a, with a two and an eight. No good, man. No good. He, he might be, uh, he, at this point, he might be vet men or, or saying Chinese or learning Chinese soon, man. Jeez, man. Come on. Don't say that. Come no, on. Just, come man. on, man. <laughs> Well, they had, I mean, they had Dylan Brooks in China last year. Now you're saying Clay Thompson? No, no, on, but, <laughs> no. But I, I think you know you can't if you're Mike Dunleavy Jr. Man, like you, the, this Draymond contract is going to be looking like a disaster. You can't double down with Clay. Like you've Fair. got to look. It's never easy dismantling a team. Everybody has an issue with it, except for Danny Ainge. You hold on to these guys for too long. It will set your franchise back. You cannot get sentimental, man. You bring them back and bring, put them in the ring of honor. You retire the Jersey. All that good stuff will come back. But for the best of the team, you can't park your money in an aging Steph an aging Draymond, and an aging clay Thompson and expect good things to happen. They're in the process where they have to make a, a huge shakeup and it's going to have to be at the expense of Clay. I would even even look to trade him by the trade deadline and try to get mm. and keep Oh, him. now you're coming to my side of uh, what I was saying last trade, time. Trade hey, now you got to trade man. Clay. Oh, yeah. look at this. Yeah. I was <laughs> starting to see the light, CP. I wonder yeah. how much I wonder how much of this is mental, like maybe Clay putting stock into what the Warriors believe about him and that's affecting him. Like the Warriors don't even believe in me. Now where is my mental at? 
Like yep. so much of this seems mental and I know the mental and physical go together, but with this news coming out, I mean, I wonder if this really affected clay. Like he felt for everything he's done with the franchise that he would get more than that, that he would get a better offer. And now he just believes like this team doesn't even really believe in me. So I wonder how that's affecting him moving forward. I mean, it's kind of like the, you have to be self-aware of like what's been happening with yourself, right? Like it doesn't seem like clay is self-aware with his production. And it's been on the decline after both those two severe injuries. Like I get you, mm. I get valuing yourself, but at the same time, like there has to be some sort of recognition where it's like, I'm coming off an injury. I wasn't really that great in the playoffs. I wasn't the number two guy. Yeah. You know, it's questionable if he was even the third or fourth best guy on that team. So like it was, it was Steph and it was Wiggins. You know, he had some moments, but I think after that, you got to be like, if you're expecting a bigger contract or even a, a longer term contract, look, he's 33. You get the, the Warriors also got to expect saying, Hey, they're going to try to rebuild. I mean, that was the whole point of like drafting Wiseman, Kaminga, yeah. uh, Moody, like the writing's on the wall, man. Like it wasn't just to draft these guys and to say, Hey, you know, we're still going to protect you and, and give you your contract. I feel like this is a lack of clay understand, like reading the room and knowing that the words are getting ready to pivot in a different direction. Yeah. I think self, I think self-awareness is so important, but when you, you become one of the greatest shooters of all time, you become that because of supreme confidence. And in his head, he probably still believes he's that guy moving forward. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think for this organization, a lot has been made on them not properly in not investing, but making the right selections when they, when they had access to infusing the youth, right? Like, you know, you have the Wiseman, Lamelo situation. They, they could have, you know, they could have had Halliburton, right? Imagine Halliburton and Steph. Oh my God. What would that backcourt look like right now? That would look insane. Um, so like you, you, you can't look backwards. You got to look forward, invest in Kaminga, invest in Moody, invest in, in, in pods. You got to get younger. Point blank period. And for this team, you know, the way that they look right now, because when they won the chip, I didn't think that that year it was their year. They kind of came out of nowhere. And then if it wasn't for Steph's brilliance and, and Wiggins, give him credit, Wiggins helped. But I mean, Steph really pouring it in and saving them from going down 3-1 in that series. Hey, Tatum and Brown could have been champions, man. I think that last chip, you got to put a lot more respect on, on the chef's name, man, for really carrying that team. Yes, Wiggins did his thing, especially on the defensive end. He was hounding Tatum, hounding Brown, and, and Wiggins had his own offensive spurts in, the, in that series. But I think that, you know, that, that might have been Steph's most crowning achievement, if you think about it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think anyone, because remember, the first one they gave to Iggy as, as uh, the finals MVP, which... Should have also gone to Steph. I think he was very underrated. Like the production wasn't most the most flashy, but I get. Hey, you are defending LeBron James. You know, Iggy was doing a lot of work. He guy coming off the bench. I can understand why they thought that, but I thought Steph was deserving of that Finals MVP. Uh, then you had KD, obviously those two, the two, the two other championships. But that one for sure. I mean, Steph single handedly. What was it? Game four. You're talking about CP like. Tatum and Brown were just like mostly Brown who showed up in the finals. Yeah. They were just there, like knocking on the door to put the Warriors away. Steph just went super Saiyan to keep that season alive. And the next thing you know, it broke the Celtics, man. You go back to the Bay and then it's like Steph and those guys, when you get the role players on your own home court, 
they were able to take over. But definitely Steph uh, deserves a lot of credit. I think I thought he deserved it then, in all honesty. Al, speaking about Steph, do you believe, because we all seem to be thinking that this could be going towards a rebuild, that he'll finish his career as a warrior? If he doesn't, I feel like that's even... I mean, I think, yeah, I think it's at the Warriors. Like, there's a train of thought where it's like, you have one of the greatest players on your team. You should usher him out as a warrior. And, you know, him in another jersey would just be god-awful if you think about, like, the historical aspect and the sentimental aspect for, like, that fan base. But at the same time, what would the return be for Steph Curry if you traded him? And, like, if you really went all in on a rebuild, like, do you think you could do enough where you still have Steph Curry as that guy and have bringing enough youth. That's like the bit. That's a big question. What do you think, Andrew? <laughs> I just wonder how it's going to look if they're in full rebuild and Steph is still there because he doesn't look like he's declining. Like he looks like he could play for another five years. I don't know if he wants to play for another five years, but how does Steph Curry look in like a full rebuild and how much does he raise their ceiling in a full rebuild? Like you can't be that bad if Steph Curry is healthy and playing. So I'd like to see how they're going to handle that situation if they do plan to go into a rebuild or they're going to just continue with the two-timeline thing, but we don't seem to think that's a good idea. So I think it's going to be an interesting situation. They have a lot of big decisions to make. CP, you think Steph gets traded? No, no way. <laughs> no, no chance. He retires a warrior through and through. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. That That's one. He, he'll, he'll, he won't play for another team. <clears throat> Steph will never play for another team. The Hornets? Nah. Oh, no, 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 no. Yo, you actually you actually thought about that for a second. You're like hometown. Oh wait, that's the Hornets. He'll he'll send him he'll send him a postcard, man. Nah, no. Del Curry with the shot, boy. Right, right. Could he be a Nick CP? Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. At forty five with no ankles left, sure, I can see that. You know. I can see that. Uh, so to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. CP, Alex, and Andrew in the Building the NBA Report. All right. Since we're on the topic of ejections, let's go to the next one that happened last night. Because I think this one was ridiculous for a whole, a whole other set of circumstances. And this one involved our guy, Nikola Jokic. Jokic and the uh, world champion Denver Nuggets without Jamal Murray. Again, Jamal Murray continues to be injured uh, in Chicago, taking on a Bulls team that has been playing fairly well lately. Uh, but this Denver Nuggets unit would go without Jokic in this game in the second quarter because he gets ejected for making comments to an official. Now, this one is puzzling on so many reasons. Number one, I don't know if you guys knew this, but it was a one-tech ejection. Very rare in the NBA. This wasn't two back-to-back bang. This was a one-tech ejection, and he because he supposedly called the ref out, called an MF or something like that, and according to the official report, it was the language was bad enough that they determined that they should throw him out. Mm-hmm. This right here is one of the biggest disgraces in the NBA. We talked about the situation with CP3 and and Scott Foster. I hate the fact that the referees are interjecting and putting themselves into the game. I don't like it. You got people paying good money, especially in Chi-Town, to see their team and to see Jokic. You got maybe some Denver fans in there seeing Jokic. And in the second quarter, you're going to toss him out over some nonsense? 
I, I you, you gotta be kidding me, man. Listen, I'm not here for referees to get degraded, right? Players should, there should be some level of respect, right? There should be some boundaries. Absolutely. You shouldn't be out there degrading referees, but for the referees, man, stay out of the game. Stay out of the game. Unless he threatened the guy's life, there's nothing to me that could have been said for him to get a one-tech ejection in this game. Unbelievable, bro. Insane. Absolutely insane. But you know what, you know what makes this even worse, CP? Do you know what that night was? For the night that Nikola Jokic got ejected from the game. Say that again. Say it one more time. Do you, do you know what was so special about that day in Chicago? What was it? Like Serbian night? Exactly. No it way. Was Serbian no. heritage night in Chicago. No, no, no way. way, bro. No way. Well, I guess it was. <laughs> no way, bro. No way, bro. Yes, sir. It was Serbian Heritage Night in Chicago. When his peoples is in the stands there to see him. Even worse, bro. Even it's, worse. Nasty, as I would say, and Andrew likes nasty work. Yeah. Nasty work out here. But look, oh man, my god, I can't, I can't believe that. I can't believe that it. What is with the officials, man? Like, where does it become about them? I'm not showing up to watch an official for this game. They are there to try to call a fair game, point blank. Period. The fact that there's, and it's not even like this is the only thing, right? It's not the only one you talked about, Scott Foster. There's other games around the league where players have been ejected, and it's like. Why are you making it about them? Some of these games are just like poorly officiated too, where it's like you don't get a smooth game. It's very choppy, a lot of stop and go. And it just seems like there's too many officials right now in the league. And I know a lot of them are new. It's it's younger. There's not like the, the old guard is, is retiring and leaving, but it's like, what is happening, man? Is it just trying to enforce your, like to show that you are not to be reckoned with in this league that you're because you're fresh blood, you have to be like, Hey, take me seriously. Because this is just this is just nonsense. The fact that you got to go watch Nico Jokic get ejected for saying the MF word to a ref. It's like, guess what, man? They're not they're, they're going to get called that. Like, I get there right. should be some, you know, decorum and all of that in the game and that you should treat the rest with professionalism. But hey, heat of the moment. Like, don't take it too personally. At the end of the day, who knows? Maybe Jokic would have apologized after the game and said, hey, I didn't I didn't mean to do that. You know, I just don't get why you would even like, I, I don't get why refs want to make it about them. Like, and especially when you're throwing out a superstar and this has been the whole thing, right? That's why you're, you don't want players to do like the whole load management. They want to show up, especially for primetime games. Not saying this was a primetime game, but primetime games, all this other stuff. Nuggets only play Chicago twice a year. They're not in the same conference. So for all the yeah. people in Chicago that wanted to see Jokic and especially on Serbian heritage night, the champs, the, the chance. What are you doing? <laughs> you, can't, you can't make it up, bro. Al needs his own segment, man. Hashtag nasty work. Hashtag <laughs> nasty, nasty work. work. Coming Yo, soon, and also, the guy got fouled. That's the crazy part. Two, these guys want to be the star of the show for no reason. Three, this wasn't the last, this wasn't the first former MVP to get ejected for no reason. We've seen Giannis yeah. scowling after a dunk, not even in the guy's face. Kind of like passed by him with a scowl. And they threw him out the game. Like, everybody is paying money to watch these guys play. Giannis, Jokic. Nobody cares who the ref is, bro. Do your job and get out of there. That that was sad. Uh, um, I, just, I, I just don't get it, man. 
I, I just don't get it. Uh, so that was an early night for Jokic. Now, do we, we have the uh, the Jokic soundbite? We got to hear the Jokic soundbite because even when he's not trying to be funny, he's hilarious. Let's let's go to the Jokic soundbite and get his comments uh, on the ejection. Yeah, the Jokic, Jokic. All right, we'll wait on the Jokic one. Salute to everybody in the chat once again. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. CP, Alex, and Andrew in the building. The NBA report. Uh, salute to John Talento in here. Fritz, Alcindor, Darlene, Bryant. Salute. Gregory Weiner. Salute. We got Jamaica Queens 22 in the chat. Salute to TM. Do things in the building. Was cracking. We got aggravated man in here. Let's go. Salute, salute, salute. All right. Here, here, here's the uh here's the Jokic, uh the Jokic clip after the game. Here we go. Uh, it is what it is. I'm just happy that we didn't play in Serbia this game. It's gonna be really fun to see how it be ended. You know, so it was interesting, you know. It is what it is. Some guys can say whatever. I think sometimes what I said is not even a technical, so it is what it is. So, so this makes sense now, Al, that this was Serbia night in Chicago because I was wondering, like, for Jokic to say that, like, that was kind of like a little, a little threat. Like, yo, if you come to my hood with that, <laughs> it's a wrap for you. So that's why it was in the backdrop of Serbia night in Chicago. And so Jokic is like, well, I'm just glad it wasn't actually in Serbia because it would have been uh, a whole nother tune. The man's might have gotten stoned out there. Oh, my goodness. I can't. I can't even imagine, like, so, like, as you guys know, I'm Greek and Jamaican. In Greece, if you go to any, if you go watch Panathinaikos and you go watch Olympiakos play, they're like, fireworks is a bloodbath at the end of the game. Yeah. Like, that's over in Europe, okay? So, I could, and that's Greece, okay? I can't even imagine what Serbia is like after a basketball game, especially after a poor call. Good God, man. Yo, uh, for, for Jokic, though, sheesh, it sounds like he's got some beef, man. It sounds like he's got some beef. <laughs> That did sound like threats, right? That's what well, that's what I got yeah. from it. Like, don't do that over on my side, fam. <laughs> uh, unbelievable, man. Now here was Mike Malone. Let's hear Mike Malone's comments after this because Mike Malone handled it uh, like a New Yorker would, man. Let, let's hear from Mike Malone. Well, you know the official that tossed him. You know, and he asked me, "Did you hear what he said?" I said, "I did not," and I will not use the phrase that. Nicola really used, you know, but he just felt the language that was used warranted an ejection, a one-check ejection, which I was very shocked at. And when I heard what he said, I said, I don't understand the problem because when I grew up, that was a term of endearment in my house. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Mike, so Mike Belode said, in my house, that's how we love each other in my house. Uh, I mean, you just can't make it up. A one tech ejection for I just I still call him the league MVP, even though I'm B one. I just say league MVP because he's the best. One tech ejection for the fuck for the league MVP, man. CP's heated, man. I'm tight. Who's the family show aspect? He's he's <laughs> upset. CP's upset, and look, bro, because I, I I just I I don't like it, man. Good. I I agree, man. It's just. What are we doing to the game that we love when we're just throwing out MVP caliber players? Like, where's the respect of like, hey, we know like we it's so obvious when certain players get certain calls 
Like you could just watch it on a night to night basis. They're like their role, role players won't get certain calls that MVP caliber players do all stars, all NBAs. Like you could see that. And for Jokic to get a one tech for just using MF, which is comical. Mike Malone said, you can tell how New York Mike Malone is, man. I, how did the Knicks let this guy go? But that's another story. Yeah. Um, look, I just love the, I, I just hate that it is. I just hate that we're doing this to the game where we're just making it about the refs. But I love that Malone is just saying like, it's not really a big deal. Like it's, it's, he didn't do anything, man. He didn't go over there, threaten, get into his face, try to like act big uh, uh, towards the ref. Like, give me a break, man. That that's so, something you do that's, to like that's straw there, you know. You don't do that to to Jokic, but uh, there that is. Uh, Nuggets still ended up beating the Bulls one fourteen one hundred six. Yeah, Reggie Jackson uh, with a good night again. No Jamal Murray. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. He's only played eleven games so far. I think that could be a trending storyline as the season progresses. Man, Jamal Murray not not in the mix. Andrew, man. Yeah, no Jamal Murray, but Reggie has outplayed his contract already. Man, he's had some big. Good for regular him. season wins. Yeah. Um, I remember him and DJ were cooking up somebody. Oh, they were cooking up their former team. Like yeah. they like DJ was catching oops. So shouts to him because he got no playing time in that playoff series. He got no yeah. playing time in the championship. And they rewarded him with a good contract just for yeah. being a good teammate. And he's playing really well. But we all know Jamal Murray has to be well integrated and very healthy for this team to win a championship again, in my opinion. If he's healthy, I still have him as the favorites. If he's not healthy, Mm. I think that's going to severely hurt their chances. A lot, a lot of parity right now, man. Al, okay, okay, last, last point on the on the Denver stuff. Yeah, I agree with everything you guys said. Mm. I just want to see Jamal Murray healthy because this team is so dynamic with him. Mm-hmm. Um, like what Reggie's been doing. I feel like this Nuggets team is still like obviously Jokic can carry this team. We've seen it in the past, but you know you're going to need more of a one-two punch. I wonder if the Nuggets, seeing how Jamal has been injured this season, how they attack the trade deadline, seeing if they add anybody else. I like Reggie Jackson. Uh, I think he's a good hooper. I wonder if you can really rely on him in the playoffs or if they're going to think of, like, another way. Do we need to get another guard that we can rely on if it's not Reggie Jackson? That's why I wonder. True indeed. True indeed, man. Uh, Elsewhere around the league, uh, let's go to Dallas, man. Let's go to Dallas. This was a a good game last night. You had the end-season tournament champions, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and a Lake Show visiting Dallas to take on uh, Luca, Timmy Hardaway, and the gang of Sands, Kyrie Irving. Uh, this was a good game. Yeah, Dallas up by about double digits in, in late in the second half. Uh, Lakers made quite an, a nice run. Uh, but in crunch time in the fourth quarter, Dallas would pull away a little more Luca magic. Uh, Tim Hardaway, Tim Hardaway Jr., our guy, uh, with a, with an outstanding game, season high thirty two points for Timmy. Yeah, Luca Doncic with thirty three seventeen dimes. And how about Dante Exum? 26 points, seven threes for Dante Exum. Talk about, you know, redemption story here. That could be one. I mean, I mean, NBA doesn't do comeback play of the year, I don't think, but uh, he would definitely be one of them. He would definitely be it if they if they had that. Dallas wins 127-125, man. You know, Andrew, what's been your impressions of this Dallas team right now? 15 campaign. Absolutely amazing. I mean, Luca puts you in a conundrum. Uh, Lakers tried some things. They tried to blitz first half and, you know, tag the roller, and he just found shooters weak side. When you have shooters around Luka shooting like this, Tim Hardaway Jr., Grant Williams, um, as you mentioned, Dante Exum, and you have a lob-threaded Derek Lively, and it's working on all cylinders, Luka's just too tough to handle. Um, I think they played absolutely amazing. 
and this team fits around Luka in the right way, but I don't know if they're consistent enough shooters and consistently good defensively to win a championship this season. I don't know if they're legit title contenders. I do think they actually even need to get more shooting around them, better mm. shooters around Luka for them to be a legit title uh, contender. But this was a great showing. Probably Lakers could have done some things better. Like, I think they lived with the Dante Exum three. And after a while, you got to see that he's hitting them. You can't leave them that wide open, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, they lived and died with his three. I think Tim Hardaway, Grant, and Dante Exum had about 22 threes together. So when they're shooting like that and Luca's hitting on all cylinders and Derek Lively's catching lobs, there's not much you could do with a Luca-led team. For sure. And look, you had Dante Exum with 17 points in the fourth quarter alone. He went six to eight from the field, five to seven from downtown. And to your point, Andrew, like if you're seeing somebody going like knocking down threes like that, you got to put a body on them and guard them at the perimeter. And Luca was even knocking down threes, man. He went four for 10 in the fourth quarter. And without Dante Exum just really getting after it from behind the perimeter, it's this game could have been the Lakers easily um, because you see that throughout most of the game, it was, Mavs leading, but that third quarter going into the fourth is when AD and LeBron put on a show to bring this team right back into it. I think they both had 12 points each in the third quarter. Yeah, both of them had 12 points each in the third quarter, mm -hmm. and you just had LeBron and Anthony Davis attacking the paint like no tomorrow, but if I'm the Mavs, I'm concerned what this team looks like without Kyrie Irving, because yeah. you need more depth. Yeah, Because Dante Exum, like, how many times are you going to rely on Dante Exum as great as a story it is to yeah, shoot I mean, like that? I mean, you guys are real familiar with Tim. I mean, he's great. He's not going to be that great every night, you know? No. No, no. no. He, that man's going to be hitting the back iron more often than not yeah. uh, on some nights. And you're going to be like, what are we doing, man? Yeah, what are yeah. we doing? <laughs> well, I, th I think the, the absence of Kyrie makes the, the Mavericks interesting because, like, you see in a night like tonight where it's back to – the Luca offense, right? And you surround him with shooters and things look great. And Timmy's hitting Dante Exum seven threes. You have Grant Williams. Like they added the right pieces to to try to supplement what or try to complement rather what Luca Doncic does to be able to get guys that play off of them. But then it's like when you get into playoff time basketball, that the question is always going to come out about like, will it work? Is it enough? And that's why you bring in like a Kyrie, right? But it's like, do they work in terms of in terms of competing? Because does it like does it handcuff Luca's brilliance by bringing in another guy who, yes, Kyrie can play off ball for sure, but is also equally as good on the ball? Uh -huh. Like, how does that change the dynamic of the team? I like the lively addition. I think he's going to be nice to grow with, with Luka Doncic. I like the supporting cast, but it's like that second star. It's almost like the, the, the conversation we've, we've had about James Harden for years, right? Yeah, it's, it's like, is that second star? Who is that right second star for Luka Doncic? That's the question. Yeah, I mean, Kyrie kind of has to do what Tim Hardaway Jr. did last night, but even at a higher level because he's just a more talented player, right? But Kyrie's definitely the one that's going to need to sacrifice to maximize this team in the playoffs. Yeah. I think yeah. I think it can work. I mean, we've seen it work to this point, right? Um, I think they can coexist. I'm more looking at the front court. Like Derek Lively's been solid for the Mavs, but I mean, you got Rashawn Holmes out there, you got Grant Williams. Like there's there's a lot more that I feel like they can add to the team to make it even better. But 
it's more so on the front court to me than it is necessarily on the perimeter because you're going to have Luca and Kyrie handling the rock for most of it. I think like what Lively is doing, you just need more veteran, solid, more consistent veteran presence in that front court. Defense and shooting. Like Defense, that's what these yeah, teams need. Yeah. And will they shoot this consistently in the playoffs is the question. If they can shoot like this in the playoffs, they're going to be super dangerous. Yeah. What do you, what do you think of a story with Exa, man? Back and forth from the league, lottery pick, goes overseas, comes back, goes back overseas, come back again. What, what, what do you think about that journey, man? Seems like he's found, at least for right now, it seems like he's found a fit with, with Dallas, man. Yeah, it's an amazing journey. I mean, he's a guy who could knock down shots. He actually shot really well catch and shoot in Europe um, last season. I guess the Lakers weren't paying attention to that stat, right? He's shooting well catch and shoot this year. And mm. as I just stated, that's something Luca needs. So it's really nice for him to find a spot because those veterans, it's tough for them to get spots in the NBA. So many rebuilding teams. How do you fit around a star? Um, we might not even want a 30-year-old vet if we could just develop this young 18-year-old, right? Especially for the rebuilding team. So it's really nice to see him get a spot back in the league and thrive against the LA Lakers. And they're coming off a championship, right? Yeah. And the Lakers coming off a championship. And he's only he's only 28. He's not even 30. Yeah, I think exactly. I think he's, he's 38, man. So still a young dude. Yeah. Uh, let's see what happens, man. He clearly put on a lot more size from when he first came in as a rookie. And now if he can knock down that shot, you can you can have a role anyway, man. As long as he yeah. used that that versatility that you know he was known for coming into the league. Hey, so <laughs> you know, it, it's funny, like yeah, they always wonder, like, when is this guy gonna get it together? And hey, maybe maybe it's not in the lens of what people thought he was gonna be, but certainly crafting crafting a role for himself, man. And that, that'll catch you longevity, man. Well, parents got to be smiling in that Knicks front office right now. Like, ah, yes, I drafted Don Jackson. Look, he's back. <laughs> I made the right selection. Yeah. Don't knock me. <laughs> That's his guy, man. And then again, in this game, the, the the rules that I can't stand. They give Tim Hardaway Jr. a technical for quote-unquote hanging on the rim, where he was barely on it. <laughs> barely on the rim. They call it, give him a tech for the hanging on the rim thing. I can't stand that one either. But here we are, man. How'd you feel about the Julius Randle hanging on the rim when they I played it. against Toronto? Absolutely loved it. No, never I know you loved it, it, but do you think that was a bad tech call as well? I don't like it. What, what, is, what are they trying to prevent? What, just a rim from breaking, sportsmanship? Like, what are they trying to prevent? <laughs> With the you, know what, on the rim. you know what they're going to cause. If you don't hang on the rim, you could flip and break your neck sometimes. Right. Like, you know, sometimes you have to hang on the rim. I, I don't like, what are they guarding against by giving guys a tech? It, it's just weird, man, because here you have it. Like the league is trying to be so fun and appeal to the casual fan and appeal to the young, to the, to the youngster who, who they are crying that, that these young people aren't watching the games. They don't know where to find the games. You're trying to broaden the appeal. You, you you infuse the fashion and the gaming and the culture and all this and Drewski and all these people and Instagram, all this. And, and then in the game, you call it as conservative as can be. You give Jokic a one tech ejection. You can't hang on the rim. You, you can't look at a guy, right? <laughs> so it's like they're officiating the game way counter to how they're promoting the game. And I, I just think it's interesting, man. Remember, CP, before the merger, there was no dunking in the NBA. There was no dunking in the NBA. So I guess they have come a long way, right? <laughs> I guess they have come a long way. Some of the conservatism is still there, CP. <laughs> yeah. That's that's why Kareem had the hook shot, right? They couldn't dunk in college either. Yeah. That, absolutely. <laughs>
So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there, man. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for your boys, CP, Alex, and Andrew in the building, NBA report on this Wednesday. Salute, man. Remember that this show is presented by Prize Picks, guys. Daily fantasy made easy. Go to prizepicks.com. Use promo code NBAR for an instant deposit match up to $100. What does that mean? It means if you want to deposit $20, they'll match you $20. You have $40 to play with. If you want to put in $60, they'll match you $60. You have $120 to play with. If you want to put in all $100, they'll match you $100. And you'll have $200 to play with. So they're giving you bonus money, house money to play with. And how do you play? Well, it's very easy. You're going to pick between two to six players. You can mix and match between a number of sports. You have NFL going on right now. Obviously, NBA is what we play primarily. You have MMA, NHL. You can mix and match. And all you're going to do is predict whether or not a player is going to do more or less than the given stat projection that prize picks has outlined for the night. It's that simple. More or less. Are you going to do more or are they going to do less? So here's my picks for tonight, fellas. Here's my picks for tonight. Now, Monday got a little rough. I, I got two out of my five right. There were a couple that just missed. So I feel like I'm heating up. And here's where I'm going tonight. I'm going with my Knickerbockers out. No hmm. Emmanuel quickly as Knickerbockers travel to Utah. The offensive load is going to have to be picked up and carried about. First person I'm starting off with is my guy, R.J. Barrett, man. I'm going with Broadway Barrett with more than 20 and a half points. That should be an easy one for him to get in Utah. He's hit this number four out of his last five games. I think he's starting to heat up. Just dropped 27 on Monday against the Raptors. So I'm going with R.J. Barrett on the road with more than 20 and a half points. Also in this game, Julius Randle, another guy with no no blockness match to Mitchell Robinson, no Emmanuel quickly. Julius Randle is going to be be relied upon to get boards, to, to score, and to playmake, and he's been doing all of that at a high level. We just had Fred Katz on on Knicks Fan TV, and we talked about how Randle is settling in right now. He's into a groove, and I think that'll continue. I think these points, rebounds, and assist numbers are a little bit low for Julius right now, and even though Markkanen and Kessler are back for the Jazz tonight, I still like Julius Randle with more than 39 and a half points, rebounds, and assists playing at a high level. And I think he'll continue to do so. I'm going with Dylan, the villain, Dylan Brooks, Houston at home. Uh, well, here's the stat where I'm going with both of you are like, bro, you're going with Dylan Brooks tonight. I'm going with this stat tonight because I think you will get it more than 0.5 offensive rebounds. I'm going a little off the grid, out. Not always with the points or points, rebounds, and assists. I'm going with Dylan Brooks with more than a half offensive rebound. He's hit that number in, I think, like all five of his last five games. I think he'll get it. He'll be juiced against his old team. Dylan the villain at home getting one. All he needs one offensive rebound. I'm going with it, Dylan the villain. I'm also going with Wemby with more than 12 rebounds. Houston will, I mean, uh, San Antonio will be hosting the Lakers. Lakers going on the second half of a back-to-back. Wemby's been on a tear on the boards ever since he's been inserted as a starting five. I'm going with more than 12 rebounds here for Victor Wembenyama. And my final pick, I'm going with a combo. CJ McCullough, Kyle Kuzma with more than four and a half combined threes. So between the two guys, they need five threes to get the job done. I think we can get it, you know, three from McCollum, two from Kuzma, or vice versa. I think we can get the job done tonight, and I feel like I'm going five for five, man. Al, where are you going on, on your tickets tonight? All right. So, for tonight, 
here's where I'm going. Number one, I'm going to go with Trey Young. Oh, okay. Atlanta Hawks right, are playing right. the Toronto Raptors tonight. I chose him for more than 28 points. I like this. I like this matchup against Toronto just because as pesky as Schroeder can be, I think Trey Young is just too much of an offensive threat uh, to for Schroeder. And even put like someone like OG Ananobi, this guy's going to put up enough shots where I think he can get to 28. And it's still going to be a high-scoring affair because they don't play any defense. So I'm taking Trey for 28. I got Alperin Sengun for more than 19 and a half points. CP, you talked about that Memphis matchup. I was actually looking at Dylan Brooks for points. I was like, revenge game. Let me pull back on that. I'm not really quite confident in his offense, but I am confident in Alperin Sengun's offense and him galvanizing the troops to say, you know what? We got to beat this team because of how they treated me on the way out. And he is considered a leader for that team. So I'm taking Sengun for more than 19 and a half points. I got Joel Embiid for less than 51 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. They're playing the Detroit Pistons. I'm calculating blowout factor. I do not think you're going to need Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid for the entire 48 minutes. I think he won't, and I I, I just don't think he's going up to 51 and a half points, rebounds, mm. and assists. As, as, a, as much of a monster he is, I don't think he'll be needed for tonight. I'm going with Gary Trent Jr. for more than one and a half three-pointers made because they are playing Atlanta. Open up that offense. And then Brooke Lopez playing the Indiana Pacers, taking him for more than six rebounds. I know they got Turner, but I think Brooke can I think Brooke can eclipse six rebounds against that porous defense. There you go. Andrew, how are you looking tonight, man? Well, let me tell you a little bit about Monday, because you'll like this one. I was over yeah. on over on iHeart, man. You guys would appreciate that. All right, all right. I, I was under with Joel B. That worked, but then Gary Trent. I keep ha- I keep envisioning bubble Gary Trent, and he didn't come through. The Knicks locked him up. He only had four, so he killed me. All right, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> off to tonight. Shout surprise picks. I got Scotty Barnes over 21.5 versus Atlanta. Like Scotty, he's been shooting it really well, as you guys see not too long ago. Alperin Shangun, I went assist. That's baby Jokic, mm. man. I think he okay. could go over on... 5.0 assists versus Memphis. Tyrese Maxey versus Detroit. Detroit is not playing well at all. They have met 26.5. I am going more. I think Asar Thompson heard Gilbert's take. Mm, he insulted him. He heard he, he heard that. And he's at yeah. 11.5. So I think he's going to go over despite Gilbert over there. All right. And then I'm going to go Miles Turner, less than 19.5. I think Brooke and Giannis will handle that situation. And I love Miles Turner, but I don't think he'll get to 19.5. Shouts to prize picks. There you go. There you go. Once again, shout out to prize picks. Play at home, play to win, but play responsibly, man. Go to prizepicks.com. Use promo code NBAR, or you can hit the link in the video description uh, for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, fellas. Great show. Uh, we'll be back at it on Friday with another action-packed edition of the NBA Report, man. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Remember that this show is available in audio podcast format. No reason to miss it. You can catch us on all the major podcast platforms. And please leave us a comment in the comment section, man. What do you think about tonight's show? What do you think about some of the segments that we covered and, and the latest news and rumors going around on the NBA? Leave a comment in the comment section, and we will reply back to it. We out here, man. Great show, fellas. Peace. There it was. Another episode of Combo's Court is in the books. Shouts to CP, the franchise. Shouts to Alex. Shouts to the NBA Report and Knicks Fan TV. This episode was brought to you by Prospects.
daily fantasy sports made easy. Go to Prize Picks and use code COMBO for a first deposit match up to $100. And be on the lookout for episode 537 Combo out.